0: time and space. Everywhere and anywhere, every star that ever was. Where do you want to start? And welcome back to All of Time and Space. Um, I'm here with Mark in our favourite watering hole, The Obverse Book. Mark, why are we here?
1: Well, the uh, the TARDIS is in for a service, so uh, we've got them to drop us off here and uh, figured we'd have a few pints while we're waiting for the M.O.T. to come back.
0: Pints? I thought you said half. Sorry, I've only oh. got you a half.
1: Oh, how disappointing.
0: Um, if you drink that, and then you know, I'll, I'll um, go back and go back and get you another one. Yeah. What? What did you get? Um, I got you a pint of Thirsty Ferret. A pint. A half. Sorry. A half of Thirsty
1: Ferret. Oh, okay. But I wanted uh, Kestrel.
0: Okay. So, so apart from it being the wrong drink and the <laughs> wrong
1: size. Um, everything else is fine, yeah. Okay, I'll look, you no. know what, I'll I'll give it a try.
0: Go with it. Well, it's supposed to be a very nice. Drink. Let's give
1: it a Yeah.
0: It's got real fox mm, in it, mm, it's gamey. Gamey. <laughs> mm. <laughs> gamey McCrimmon. <laughs> the Phantom Paper well, well, Oh oh don't start that again. No. Um, no right, I think well, I
1: don't think we're gonna have any fans in Scotland anymore now.
0: No, not after you
1: no, I'm so time. I'm so sorry do apologize um,
0: okay well look I'll I'll go back and get better drinks in a moment but yeah. we really should get the show started because people probably want to hear us reviewing season four of Dr Who uh, rather yeah, than reviewing yeah. this rather awful
1: mm. yes yeah. Yeah, so um do we want to have it guess as uh, what came bottom of the pile what was our um, least favorite episode? from
0: season 4 of doctor who we have a choice therefore of the smugglers the tenth planet power of the daleks the highlanders the underwater menace the moon base the macra Terra, the faceless ones or the evil of the daleks which one mm. came last i can only base my guesses on my personal opinion of of where they came so i'm going to i'm going to go with is it is it the smugglers uh, uh. Didn't think it would be.
1: No, it's the faceless ones. Good Lord. Okay. Yes, yeah. so uh, you right. gave it five. Yep. Our guest, Philip Edney, from the Sirens of Audio, gave it 6.5. And I gave it six, so that came out as 5.8 as an average.
0: That feels quite low. Yeah. And... Thinking back about that story, I can
1: see why. It's, you know, it's a fairly workaday story, isn't it? It's not that exciting. Most of it is set on one day Earth in a fairly dull airport.
0: Which was not necessarily brilliantly realised, mm. let's be honest.
1: The aliens are a bit mm, dull.
0: A bit dull, a bit nondescript, a bit yeah. samey. Was it that? They'd lost their faces in some sort of space accident oh, or something. Oh, God, I can't even remember now. Uh, so all I can remember is Pauline Collins was in it.
1: Yeah. Um, and poor ben Polly and Ben got horrifically... very, yeah. Not quite dodoed, but not far off.
0: I'd say it was a half dodo. Yeah, a doe. Yeah, yeah, a doe. <laughs> a doe. And without any further ado. Um no. <laughs> Uh, well, but but there must be lots of good things to say about the story, um, mm. and we should try. Mm. Uh, um, uh, Polly so Collins it, was good. Yep, she was brilliant. She yeah. should have been a companion. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that in this series. <laughs> people that <laughs> should have been companions. I think it it sort of tapped into that kind of nascent hot package holiday kind of vibe and, yeah. and the, the young people being at risk that yeah. was quite nice
1: that was kind of it was tapping into the zeitgeist
0: it did it tapped into the zeitgeist mm. um but to a, a fairly poor level <laughs> uh, which is why we rated it so badly mm. yeah. um yeah i it was it's a season for me of ups and downs and and, and quite frustrating inconsistency mm. and this one really did feel like they were treading water in a in a scripty way who wrote the script who who wrote the story
1: oh I think this is uh, Malcolm Hulk isn't it
0: no that's very surprising because this yeah. potentially would be the first Hulk yeah so he didn't it, well you know what it gave him room to improve and he certainly yeah I mean a
1: good he's not the first Doctor Who great writer to start started off with a fairly tough story
0: this is very true. At you, the Crotons, to come to yeah. Yeah, I, that's funny. That's where I went <laughs> mentally. I was thinking Crotons. Mm, okay. um, there's a spoiler for Series Five. Yeah, yeah, um, or Six even. Oh God, is it? I don't know. Oh, I can't so. There's there's a lot of Doctor Who, isn't there?
1: There is. There is. Do you ever think
0: much. we should have we should have started reviewing a shorter program? Yeah. We yeah, done maybe we Should have done
1: Juliet Bravo or. Yeah. Yeah. Are you being served? <laughs>
0: Um, right. Okay. Well, I think that that probably means we've already exhausted what there is to say about the faceless ones.
1: Mm, should we move on? Let's move it along. All right. So, next in the list.
0: Next in the list. Okay. I would. Uh, I would accept the Macratera, but I'm going to bet the house on the Highlanders. Ah, oh, you're
1: wrong. It's the Smugglers. Oh, J.R.'s going to be it. absolutely fuming Oh no So uh, Jr. Southall from the Strangers in Space podcast He gave it 8 points You gave it 4 points said, Didn't you deduct a point because Mr. Griffiths did something to Gonch Gardner in, I might have, Grange uh, in Grange Hill, yeah. Grange
0: Hill yeah, yeah, I might have done that
1: uh, And I gave it 7, so that ended up at
0: 6.3 I mean, so it scored higher than the faceless ones
1: I mean, there is that,
0: yeah. Yeah. I would say of, of this one, going into it, you know, the expectations I had of a tale about smuggling were that kind of Faulkner-esque, um, hidden treasure, mm-hmm. riddles, clues, chases, yeah. blackmail, piracy, Bit moon boats, fleety. Bit moon fleety. Now, we did get a lot of those elements, but in a very, uh, I would say half-baked way mm. or at least very rudimentary so while it promised a lot it gave you a really thin uh, experience and I think I think my main problem with it was that it's just a really weak way to start a season and I know mm. this is before people at the BBC had even started thinking in terms of season openers and yeah. season finales mm. and, and big starts and big I'm not saying that. Um, Big (laughs) conclusions. Um, But it just was such a low-key, meandering kind of Mm. story.
1: Mm. uh, I I uh, mean, we've said this uh, about lots of stories, but I think this would probably have fared a lot better in the scores if we could actually see the bloody thing.
0: I think that's very true. I think also if Hartnell had been in all of it, am I right in thinking he had an episode off? Um, he was yeah, lying he had down in like, a
1: cart, didn't he? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, yeah. we've all done that.
1: Well, yeah.
0: You know, a few of... Standard uh, few Cornish
1: holiday, isn't it, really?
0: Fit well. I mean, or Kent. Yeah. You know, standard day in Kent. Um, <laughs> in the 90s, probably different
1: now. Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah, I feel... I I don't know. I feel okay about this. I feel like there's a lot better stories out there. Um, Mm. So if this one's coming quite low, I'm happy with that. How does it make you feel?
1: I feel a bit bad because I think this could be quite a big story if we could see all that expansive uh, location stuff that got shot. But sadly, because we can't see any of it, it's... uh it's We're having to go just purely on the story. And as you've said, it's not the strongest, which is a shame. It's,
0: it's not the strongest, and I think the most dynamic character in it was Jamaica, who, as we've mm, said, was yeah. Mr Griffiths from Grange Hill, who is not an actor. Um, oh, that was Cherub. Oh, God. I, I get so confused. Cherub. Yes, Cherub. Now... um. The actor George Cooper comes across as a lovely man in the, you know, in the VAM on the, the DVD, but um, I've never seen him in a role where I didn't despise
1: him. <laughs> yeah, he does, uh, it's a bit of typecasting, he does seem to yeah. play gits, doesn't he, really?
0: Yeah. Now, if he'd been a sort of avuncular kind of northern northern doctor, that mm. could have been wonderful, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, didn't like him Sadly in this, not. so... Happy to happy to give it the, the But finger. then he's very good at
1: playing Git, so, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Well, there's every need for it.
1: Yeah. 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 Everyone needs a Git.
0: Everyone needs a Git.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. All right, then. Let's move it along.
1: Okay, next one. <sighs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you a oh, little you c- clue. This, give me a clue. The, ne- yeah. the next one, there are two stories uh, on the same score, so it's a joint
0: Oh, heavens, that's that's going to throw a cat among the pigeons. All right, Highlanders and Evil of the Daleks.
1: You're half right. Uh, Uh So, Evil of the Daleks. Uh Uh-huh. You gave it six. Our guest, Adam from RetroTube, gave it seven. And I gave it six and a half, and that made the average six and a half. And... Also tied is Power of the Daleks. two Dalek stories, both got 6.5. So Lindsay from the Trek This Out podcast gave it seven points. Mm-hmm. You gave it four. Mm-hmm. Simon from Strangers in Space gave it seven. And I gave it eight. But, yes, yeah, 6.5. Wow.
0: And it's sort of That's a bit of a turn-up. So... I think if if they could somehow m- have mashed these two stories together like mm. a sort of sandwich, because I think the evil of the Daleks had a, a better story, but no, hang on. What am I trying to say? I th- no, because the Doctor, I didn't really warm to the Doctor in Power mm. of the Daleks. No, I remember. So if you put the Warman doctor in the power of the daleks it might have lifted that to
1: he's still a bit sketchy and evil isn't he really i mean yeah he's having to lie to jamie and yeah yeah
0: you're right so is it just dalek fatigue do you think at this point
1: i don't know because i think my impression of the people that i encounter within fandom seem to hold those two stories very highly And I scored power pretty highly and Evil not so much, which surprised me because I'd grown to appreciate Evil a bit more. But I think between just having to watch it again for this and listening to you and Adam just completely tear it apart, (laughs) I think it just convinced me that it was not all that.
0: Well, evil in terms of the story was just a, a kind of not shambolic. That would be untrue. It's and a bit unkind, all over the place, isn't it? But it is. It is. Let's go from this set piece to this location, mm-hmm. and then we'll do two episodes here, and then yeah. we'll go here. And it it feels like it's just um, seven episodes to round out the season, mm-hmm. rather than a f- sort of finite story that the writer wanted to tell. I don't know. I mean. I think if it's got a
1: reputation as being quite an iconic story. You've got that juxtaposition of having the Daleks in Victorian England, which is quite a cool idea, mm. and then the whole stuff on Scarrow with the the very impressive Dalek Emperor.
0: Yep, yep. I mean, certainly the the two episodes on Scarrow were quite lovely. Mm. Um, I just I just think there are too many handbrake turns. The story going from um, Gatwick Airport yeah. to the shop mm-hmm. to we're suddenly back in the Victorian era for no readily apparent yeah. reason. And then we kill a lot of time there and the story's doing what it does there. And then we mm-hmm. go on to Scarra I don't really know what I'm complaining about. I mean, it's more exciting than <laughs> a story set in a small room with, you know, no peril at all. Uh, but it just for me didn't feel like a cohesive story so much as a a sort of desperate race to the finish line, I suppose. Mm. Power of the Daleks I mean the story was fine. Yeah. As far as it went. Um it was the companions were fine, the other performances were fine. Mm, I think some
1: great guest cast in there. Yeah.
0: I think my problem was just the fact that um, I think if you
1: of you said it went on a bit too long,
0: it was it was quite long winded. Mm. And
1: Trump hey, welcome to really 1960s Doctor yeah. Who. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to yes. get that much better in the 70s, if I'm honest. But um, yeah,
0: well, at least it gets cancelled in the 80s. Well, so yeah, we've got that to look forward that. to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, so so of the two, you'd say that evil was was better.
1: I don't know. I think... I like Power just because you've got the novelty of that first episode with the regeneration and it's, you know, it's exciting. It's the first time it's happened. And you've got the Daleks being a lot more cunning than we've seen. I think Master Plan was a sort of a high watermark for them. The chase was very much the, the sort of, well, it was play for laughs, wasn't it? It was just a comedy runaround, whereas I, in this, they are malevolent, evil bastards. I think Nathan, Nathan bastards. Would disagree
0: with you there. I think. Yeah. Um, I think in The Chase, they were, it was a very serious, sustained menace. <laughs> I think the main problem with Power of the Daleks is that it shamelessly ripped off Mark Gatiss's victory of the uh, Daleks.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. Um, yeah. There was
0: a lot of stuff that mm. I'd already seen. Yeah, um, and Even
1: copying the catchphrase as well. That was just <laughs> mm.
0: yeah. I don't know. They're they're classics, obviously. The the final end of the Daleks on
1: Scarrow, mm-hmm. remarkable. I mean, either story you'd love to see come back, just to really see yeah. what they're like.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed. I'm sorry, Soon mm. well, Don't write in. Write well. into a different podcast. Where should we send them? Right into, right into who can convince you?
1: Well, they've stopped talking about Doctor Who now. Well, the experience of being on our show was the final straw. (laughs) They just decided we're not going to talk about Doctor Who. They're probably going to talk about it a little bit, maybe when it comes. I'm sure they will.
0: I'm I'm sure they'll be. They'll do. I think they
1: kind of feel like they've said all they can about it, so they're. They're spreading their wings and they're doing different things. I like, things.
0: I like the way that they're sensible enough to admit that they've well, yeah, reached their limit. Yeah, but, we just keep, we're going to keep going. Yeah, oh yeah, soldiering on into, into, into infinity. Mm. So, um, do you have any final thoughts on the evil of and the power of the Daleks?
1: I think they're just two very iconic stories in the history of the show. The 60s Dalek stories, I think, are amongst the best featuring the Daleks. There's not too many that can really top them.
0: I think that's fair enough. How are you getting on with your half? I beg your pardon? Your your beer there, is it? Oh, Uh, um,
1: yeah, it's, you know. Yeah. It's sort of green. The foams
0: are sort of a green. Oh, I wouldn't drink that. Um, why don't, well, actually, no, if I got those, it must be your round, so I'll have a pint of, um, uh... Blue Nun, wasn't it? I'll, no, I'll have a pint of Numpty's Disregard. Okay. Um, and when you come back, we'll talk about the next story. Lovely.
1: Right, then, what's... I do yeah. Hello! <laughs> so, what do you reckon's come up next, then?
0: Uh, next right so what we're left with is a run of absolute belters (laughs) I am apart from the Highlanders um, I want to say it's the Highlanders but it could be the Macra Tower
1: I mean I'm going to have to press you for an answer
0: well I'll go Macra it's the Highlanders oh oh (laughs) oh Oh, piddle trousers. Yes. Well, you know, that's that's fine.
1: Um, mm. So what would S- uh, you Harry from Score-wise, Harry and Luke from Who Can Convince You came on. Harry gave it 6.5. Luke gave it 7. You gave it 6. And I gave it 8. So mm. that came out at 6.8. So just sneaked in ahead of those two Dalek stories.
0: I mean... You've got to say, it did really well.
1: Yeah, I think it's a testament to the story, really, isn't it? Because that's really all you got to go on, on this particular one, because there's hardly any moving images, so you're going purely on those telesnaps and the story. There's a story that kind of carries you along.
0: This was the one, was this the one with, was it Hannah Gordon as a serving yes. wench? yeah. I know why this story <laughs> did well. She's, she's lovely. Well, yeah. Um, that that I think probably affected everyone's vote. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the story, and apart from like a couple, the bit where they're, they're trapped in the sort of the little, you know, thing they fall into. What do you call that? Pit. Pit. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can remember that. I can remember. Yeah. Uh, some rather exciting stuff on a
1: boat. So it gets set up as the as the Battle of Culloden, doesn't it? With the, the Jacobites and the Redcoats so you think that's going to be the focus and then it goes kind of left field with this shady English person uh, who is in a position of power and instead of hanging the Scots as he's meant to, he's making a nice little Wedge on the side by selling them uh, to go and work on the plantations. So the doctor gets involved, and it all goes a bit crazy from there. Yeah, which is a. I like it. It's a bit of a runaround.
0: It's a good story. It is a runaround. It's it's nice to see something different. Mm. Um, as I think Ben from Indiana messaged into. Tell us, it was it was interesting to see a story where the, the kind of British ruling classes were mm. the, the de facto villains of yeah. peace.
1: We love Ben. We do love
0: Ben. We love Ben, and we love Andy. They should get together and form a sort of Doctor Who sketch supergroup.
1: They're both musicians, so I'm sure they could manage it.
0: And a supergroup.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Um, Maybe
1: they could form a group with uh, Harry and Luke.
0: Ooh. Can we sort of get royalties for that? Can we? No, no. If we're putting them together, we can be like the Svangali that that formed the monkeys. Oh, we can we can get all the all their money.
1: Are you, are you putting yourself forward as a Colonel Tom Parker?
0: Absolutely, I am. Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think the Highlanders punched above its weight really with those kind yeah. of scores because in a a series with this much brilliance and joy in it Mm. the Highlanders again for me I was still waiting for Troughton to really turn up as the Mm. Doctor Um, there are more fun adventures around this story so it's just a kind of oh it's another historical there are some fun
1: moments I mean he does the whole shtick of Doctor Von Wehr Von Wehr and then he does the uh, the thing of locking up the guy in the the cupboard and banging oh, the right. head on the, the desk and the, yeah. Yeah. Was <laughs> <That> was,
0: <laughs> gets a bit handy yes um so yeah there were there were some some nice moments but i think yeah it's a uh, it's a fairly slow moving largely unavailable story mm. certainly i had to watch it in in quite interesting cgi so that <laughs> was, didn't help
1: well i listened to the audio and i found that worked best for me with a bit of linking narration but it's whatever works for you. I know um, when we did our Hartnell retrospective, Victoria from Gallifrey's Most Wanted, she has found that the best way for her to experience those missing stories is to read the Target novel. She yeah. just finds out a much better way of experiencing them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it can give you a slightly... Um biased opinion because yeah, the, possibly. the production values in your own head are yeah, always yeah. going to be better. Yeah, and they
1: sometimes meander a bit from the uh, the original, but that's fine. They, they deviate. A little bit. They a little they're
0: bit. A little, little cul-de-sacs and lacunas of difference.
1: Yeah. So unless you've got um, anything else to say about the Highlanders, I think we should go on to your guest mm-hmm. for what came in fourth place.
0: So, have we... With the stories that we've already covered, uh, have mm. we basically dismissed all the ones that aren't available and what remains are all complete stories, I want to say?
1: Well, I mean, you may say that. I couldn't possibly comment. Ish,
0: ish. Mm. And I think, I think that's an interesting mm. distinction, if that's true. So what came forth? OK, we've got the underwater menace. We've got the moon base. We've got the 10th planet.
1: Basically, every story you just listed there has episodes missing, so none of them are complete.
0: That's a very good point. Mm. Yeah, but I feel like they're more available than some of the others.
1: Maybe they're a bit more probably. Accessible. We watched
0: we watched the animations, didn't? Yeah,
1: we? maybe that's what it is. Tense maybe they're just a bit more accessible.
0: Underwater menace, moon base. I've got to. I've got to hope it's Macro next.
1: It's the underwater menace.
0: Oh, bullshit. <laughs> i will not have that i will not have that
1: well this is your fault
0: it's not it would my have fault. been a lot
1: lower down if not for some very wonky marking
0: i i dispute that and uh, i, I don't well, want to see well okay working.
1: well let's let's go into it let's yeah, drill let's down do that. into the detail yeah. Yeah. okay so i gave it six right deb green our guest gave it six and you gave it ten
0: i did give 10. you
1: did why it explain to. explain it's yourself the,
0: it's the most fun um it's it's I, I can do it in three letters it's fun yeah it's silly it's nonsense yeah. it's uh, right. i'm gonna remember this
1: conversation because if you slag off any of the stories in season 17 when we get round to it in about 50 years time i will go absolutely tonto
0: right well it based on the likelihood of you being able to remember what your own <laughs> name is by the time we get around to talking about season 17. Well, I'm happy to yeah. take that. All right, it's just enough. pure fun. You've got Troughton in, a, in sunglasses and a silly hat in a yep. marketplace playing the bongos. I mean, <laughs> that has got to be worth 10 out of 10, if yeah. nothing else. It reminded me of um, Voyage to the Bottom of the Ocean or whatever the hell it was called, yeah, yeah. the old... RKO serial from the forties. It's our first visit to Atlantis. It's giving. You have to excuse me a little cough there. It's giving children what they need. I am actually getting emotional. It's it's um, it's diverting. It's kind of educational in a. (laughs) It's Atlantis, so you don't need to know about this once you've left primary school. But it's just really straightforward fun. I think it's kid friendly, so. Unlike something like the Highlanders, I think this mm. would engage the children who, yeah. ostensibly, the show is made for. Mm. And um, I just—it's got I an just absolutely bonkers
1: a, villain as well. And who doesn't love a bonkers a whole, villain?
0: He was rather
1: over the top. I felt uh, just a tad, just, just a just, tad. But I like just, that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that.
0: Yeah, I think you, I think you you need to be. That's the the formula often in these things when you've got a hero who's so sort of, ah, uh, you know likely to win as, mm. as the Doctor or James yeah. Bond you need a madman in opposition to them to kind of raise the stakes yeah. and I, th- I think Professor Zaroff was uh, was a, a delight mm. what's wrong with you marking it a measly six
1: it's a fun story but it's not I wouldn't say it's the best story of the season I would well that's why you gave it ten that is yes yes <laughs> I tend to be a bit less uh, free and easy with my tens.
0: Hey, come on. Whereas you
1: like to chuck them around left, right and centre.
0: That is unfair. I've given power (laughs) and evil of the Daleks the lowest scores ever Mm -hmm. given to those stories in the whole of fandom. So, you know, I can blow hot, I can blow cold. I've heard that. (laughs) I've
1: You like the Mandalorian? Um
0: I don't think I've seen them. Oh no, he turned yeah. up for a bit in Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen him.
1: I can take you in hot, or I can take you in cold.
0: That's a very good impression. Thank you. I didn't realise the Mandalorian was played by. Uh,
1: no, I was, I was doing Baby Yoda. Yoda there.
0: Oh right. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good mm. because that was a... Yeah.
1: Any more to say about underwater? <gasps> I mean, I could or? talk about the underwater
0: menace. All I'm day. sure you
1: could. I'm sure you uh,
0: could. It's. It's it's just it's just joyous, and I don't understand why anybody wouldn't give this ten out of ten.
1: Well, um, if you ever meet up with Ben in Indiana, I think he's got a slightly different uh, appreciation for that story.
0: Well, alright.
1: Yeah, he was somewhat scathing. <sighs> I mean, what can you do?
0: There's in in fandom, what I'm discovering is. It's a, it's a very broad church.
1: All right, yeah. And
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of room for differences of opinion. Is yes, there some some people like some stories? Mm-hmm. Other people like some stories. Right. Some yeah. people like, for example, David Kitchen are all about the Hartnell era. Yeah. Some people are all about the Jodie Whittaker era. Mm-hmm. Some people like the books. Some people listen to Big Finish. Some people listen to those. So you know. There's room for dissent, there's there room is, for a difference yeah, of opinion. Yeah. But if mm. you don't like The Underwater Menace, you're a prig.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so uh, thanks to all those listeners who now are no longer going to bother listening again. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I was
0: joking, you're not
1: a Yeah, yeah, no, no, no.
0: No, nobody Why have you got
1: your fingers crossed on there? Anyway.
0: That's not that. I've, yeah. I've got that disease.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, then, moving on. We are now looking for the story that came in third.
0: It's very difficult now because there's two absolute bangers yeah, and the macro Terror.
1: Oh, that's a bit
0: so a bit harsh. It's, I'm not being harsh. I'm just saying that the other two are, are, are even better than the macro Terror. So... Mm. If, you know, gun to my head, I had to guess, I'm saying the Macra Terror came third.
1: It is the Macro Terror. Yes. So, we had the wonderful Nathan Bottomley from Flight Through Entirety. I love Nathan Bottomley. I love Nathan Bottomley. I could listen to him all day. So could I. So erudite. But I get told
0: off walking around the house with my earphones in the whole time. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. I have to stop listening to Nathan Bottomly mm. and just yeah. do some work or something for you. Know, yeah. The a bit awkward
1: when you're in the shower. But, yeah. Um,
0: if you if you fold your ears over like so, okay. Um, yeah. You can create mm. a sort of shield. Nice.
1: Um, Anywho, uh, yeah. Nathan gave Terra nine out of ten. Right. You gave it seven out of ten. Okay. And I gave it. 8 out of 10, so that came out as an average of 8.
0: OK, why did you give that story such a high
1: score? Well, I, to be honest, before I watched it again for the podcast, I wasn't expecting my score to be particularly high. I seem to remember when I listened to the audio, I found it a bit irritating. So whether the, uh, the animation just turned that round, or possibly Nathan being... Um, very persuasive and uh, he's a very intelligent man. He can present a very good argument for lots of things and uh, whether that just swayed me to increase my vote a bit more.
0: I mean, I'm trying to... So it would it would be, what, maybe a month or two back that we actually watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of inside baseball there, listeners. We don't record one show every month necessarily. Um, and I'm struggling to remember too much about it. Mm. There was, I think, there were some remarkably dressed, uh, <laughs> song and dance girls. Yeah, there. we had some majorettes in there, didn't there we? There was a, a sort of a little jingle whenever the the, the people. Were yeah, I think that
1: to. got on my nerves in the when I listened to the audio. Um,
0: but it's a nice bit of sort of you know sci-fi camp kind of kind of stuff. I mean, I. I remember this one as also being very good fun. Mm. But I don't remember thinking that this was one of the best stories of the season. And I, you know, I, I think the
1: animation does make the Macra seem far more impressive than they possibly were on the uh, original broadcast.
0: That's true. So if we'd had the episodes to watch, we, we could have marked the significantly lower. Yeah,
1: so this is the inverse of the smugglers, really, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah. Hmm. Um, This was the one where Jamie did the Highland Fling, I believe.
1: Yes, and Ben got uh, his mind controlled by the... Uh, he got a serious case of the crabs, didn't he? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, you see, it's a story that lives or dies on the... the um, you know, how how the crabs are manufactured and and Mm -hmm. realised is the word I'm looking for, the realisation of the crabs Um, and in the animation they were excellent, Mm. but we know that on screen in in the 60s they would have been rubbish
1: slightly more leaden, I'm guessing slightly
0: less mobile Yeah, um, bit, bit of Black tinsel, Bit maybe. more rubbery, yeah, some balsa wood, yeah, MDF. Mm-hmm. They would have been a disaster. Um, so, I, I think, it, I fundamentally, Mark, well, I tell you, I think it's a travesty that this one's come in as high <laughs> as it did.
1: You're just bitter because it beat the underwater menace. Oh, uh,
0: I am. Yes, <laughs> I also think I probably just marked it up because because Nathan was talking to me and yeah. I wasn't yeah. really You were just
1: staring just, into his just, eyes. and Yeah. yeah. Just, just,
0: oh. mm. So, yeah. But fair enough. If, yeah. if the Macro Terror has come third, then third it is. So be it.
1: Yeah, so top two. So, two stories left.
0: And it's definitely not the Underwater Menace in some weird voted for it no, twice. No, no. Um, uh, so it's between... Ye oldie Tenth Planet mm. or Ye Moon Base. Yes. What do those two stories have in common?
1: Um, they both feature Patrick Troughton.
0: What else do they have in common?
1: They both feature Ben and Polly.
0: What else do they have in common?
1: They are both set in a remote base.
0: I'm going to keep going. What else do they have?
1: The base in both of them is manned by an international team of experts.
0: Yeah, less less niche than that. They're both Cyberman stories. Oh, yeah. And they're both yeah. uh, the first two Cyberman stories. Correct, yeah. So, So whichever of them has come second and whichever of them has come first, we've voted a Cyberman story, the best story of season Yeah, four. That's yeah. never going to happen again, is it?
1: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs>
0: um, are you thinking season 18?
1: Um, no, I'm thinking season 12.
0: Interesting. We're going to probably have a disagreement there. Mm. Mm. Um,
1: so what's, your, what's your guess for second place then? I...
0: I Alternatively, which
1: be... one do you think won it?
0: Yeah, I, I think second place has got to be the main
1: base. You're right, annoyingly. So, yes. for the moon base, our guest for that episode was John Rivers. And John gave it eight points. I gave it nine points. And you gave it eight points. So we ended up with
0: 8.3. That's very good. It's
1: a strong story.
0: It is a very strong story. And I remember at the time saying how uh, I'd come to that story through the Target book. Yeah, and me as, too. As you were saying scant moments ago sometimes the target book is the best way to appreciate the story Mm. and it was an absolute spellbinder of a story because it it didn't really deviate from what was on screen Mm. what was on screen felt like an instant i was going to say felt like an instant classic it's not an instant classic it's 60 years old (laughs) It's just it is a classic to me on first viewing because it's one of the books I read when I was knee idle. Yeah, I think
1: a lot of that is down for me is down to the nostalgia of having that target book.
0: Yeah. So, what were your favourite elements of the story as it was filmed?
1: Um, I just think, as an overall package, it's a really good story. Um, Polly, although she gets told to go and make the coffee, uh, which is you know not very um, progressive. Yeah, she does get to actually solve the, the problem. So, so
0: she, she gets to occupy both ends of the sort of spectrum. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, you know, there is that. Um and genius. Yeah. Uh, Jamie doesn't get an awful lot to do because he's, this he's was not really meant to be in it. Story yeah, they so didn't they know end? he was gonna be in it when they wrote it, so they had to kind of shoehorn him in a bit.
0: Oh god, so he had that whole 30-week stretch Piper, where he was yeah, lying yeah. in bed. Wanging on about the phantom piper. I found that rather tiresome. I'm so glad you said wanging. I did say wanging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't imagine the, the phantom pipe is worth any any other. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that sentence yes, there and let's, abandon let's not go there, like yeah. a stolen Audi in a hedge. I'm just gonna run the other way. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, ben I can't remember a single thing about him in this one I remember the space suits I remember it Yeah it's got it all good. isn't it you've got
1: the spacewalk. you've got yep. I mean they make it to the moon before the astronauts in real life
0: and it was a really good set in you know in the, in the inside yeah. the moon base the Yeah tight, we've we've got still and images and I think they did a very good job um, making a, a a fairly plausible set for that Mm -hmm. so um on almost every level i'd say it's it's genius i think we may have commented at the time that the cyberman's plan was somewhat convoluted
1: yeah a little bit i mean that's uh that's only going to get worse as we move into the 70s with a certain recurring villain we won't we won't touch on that just yet (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not even going to touch that one, listen. Yeah, I think I know what he's getting mm. at. And I won't have it. Um, I think. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Um, the Cybermen, yeah. the, famously, the strength of ten men. Mm. Well, they can walk into the moon base, kill everyone without sustaining an injury. Yeah. So what do they do? They put rat poison in the sugar. Yeah. I just I,
1: Why not put it in the coffee and then you're going to get everyone rather than just those uh, who have sugar.
0: That's a good point, especially mm. Benoit. He'd have been, I imagine, he was the kind of biggest coffee drinker on the base. You think so? Well, he spent the longest in the toilet, so <laughs> cause and effect, mate. <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's a ridiculous implausibility of a story, mm. but that doesn't detract from it. Being no, no. I think it's just got it all, hasn't realized? it? You know, it's
1: exciting. Yeah. You've got the Cybermen trying to invade the base. You've got, I don't know, it's just all the things I want from a 60s story. And, and they reuse the, the that great piece of music again. The,
0: no, uh, sp- uh Space
1: something? Space Adventure. Space Adventure,
0: yes. Space Adventure. That's what they could have called the show. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's one of maybe maybe the the top three or the top five target books from when i was a kid in mm. terms of of the story and the impact it had on you so finally yeah. getting up to this point you know was really lovely mm. um and i think from here on in i have more of a familiarity with what's coming and yeah most of the stories um
1: it is so starting think, to fall into a bit more of a pattern as well isn't it
0: yeah it's it's Settling down, although, as we've said, this season's still very up and down and mm-hmm. the characterisations can come and, and go. Um, but, yeah, this was a, a, real, a real joy to watch.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, you know, Mark, it me.
0: let me ask you, what story do you think came in
1: top? I think, I could be wrong, I think it's the Tenth Planet.
0: I've got the Underwater Menace written
1: Uh, down. Yeah, okay. Well, let's agree to disagree on that one. So our guest for The Tenth Planet was Jim Cameron from the Mutoid podcast and the Crinoid podcast. And uh, Jim gave it eight. Um, I seem to remember him saying at the time he wasn't expecting to give it an eight, but he really enjoyed it this time round. I gave it a nine, and you gave it a nine. So that ended up on 8.6. So just snuck in there ahead of the moon base.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's not not miles out in front, but... um, No. So almost uniquely, because obviously there is the smugglers as well, Mm. but this is a bit of an outlier because this features an actor called William Hartnell. Yes. Mm. In his dramatic you know, thriller a minute androzzani-like powerhouse <laughs> of a
1: swan song. Yes. Uh, not quite. Um, yeah, I think a lot of uh, my reason for giving it a nine is just, uh, you've got that emotional thing of having seen all of his stories and this is his final one and it's just a, a momentous thing and I think What you do get to see of him, he's really good in it, despite being quite poorly by this time. It's a shame he wasn't well enough to really feature more strongly. Uh, But I think it's a a really iconic story.
0: See, I I think it's... I think it succeeds because Hartnell was ill. Mm. Because it's very much a thriller... That just happens to feature the doctor in a in a wooden chair in the corner mm-hmm. in some episodes, not yeah. even in all of the episodes. And I think because he wasn't available, everyone else gets to really stretch themselves and their characters. And it was just a really solid thriller. I mean, it could have been a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was just uh, relentless. And there was, for me. Thinking back, and obviously, you know, I I don't remember it as well as I did when we'd only just watched it to talk about (laughs) it on the programme. But I don't remember there being any padding. I don't remember there being a lot of fat that could have been trimmed. Mm. It was just a a really lean, good science fiction thriller that just happened to sort of peripherally be a bit of a Doctor Who story. Mm -hmm. Um, There were certain, I think we said, sort of logical flaws with it like the science around another planet materialising yeah. in the sky, and that would have.
1: But I think s- havoc Doctor Who's steam. always been a bit wobbly on the science, hasn't it?
0: Do you know what? An eight-year-old isn't going to understand how tides work. An eight-year-old isn't going to understand that if you take the nuclear rods out of the reactor core and waggle them at the Cybermen, <laughs> the reactor core will definitely go critical mm. because that is what happens when you take the rods out. I don't want to seem. <laughs> hung up on that point <laughs> and I know I, I brought it up at the time but yeah, yeah, really yeah. the, the mm. level of am I feel like we're all just more do you feel like the
1: science was much better handled in the underwater menace for example
0: you're trying to trick me into <laughs> saying something I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fool for your nonsense <laughs> yeah.
1: I think the Cybermen were superb in this as well really creepy
0: was it their best ever performance or, or realisation?
1: Uh, um, I mean, they are a little bit wobbly around the edges and, you know, it's just about held together by sellotape. But, yeah, it's it's an enduring image, isn't it? Again, going back to those Target books, uh, having that Tenth Planet target with the uh, Chris Achilleos illustration on the front it's just... It's there. It's burned onto my memory. Yeah. So much so that they brought them back at the end of Capaldi's run, and the Cyber thought, god. Oh, they've they? actually
0: they've been brought back quite a lot actually. Yeah, between. no, but
1: I'm thinking more the uh, the original design, We're slightly updated for the slightly tweaked the new series. Yeah, but, um, but, but it's st- quite a know. brave thing to do because yeah, <clears throat> it could have really fallen flat, and people could have just looked at it and thought, "Oh, that's just ridiculous." But it really works. So it it proves that that there is something about those Cybermen that really works. Yeah,
0: because they're the original premise that these are people who've surrendered their humanity and their organs and and they are, you know, people with lots and lots of plastic bits. Yeah, you're still able
1: to see there's some sort of lingering elements of humanity there. They're not quite robots yet.
0: Vestigial traces of organic life. Mm. And as you say, they just became robots from their second appearance which happened about three weeks after this
1: one (laughs) yeah Uh, it was a very quick turnaround
0: what was it that there was like a three-story gap and they brought the cyberman back yeah i
1: think they commissioned the the second story straight off the bat literally as soon as they finished the original story
0: um and you know as we said it's a huge vote of confidence in their Mm, new monster they've invented so why do they immediately you know change the design as you say, I suppose. Yeah, to I guess was a bit more money cumbersome. coming in. And yeah, could be, could be that. Could be that. But um, Tenth Planet was just a, an absolute barnstormer. Hmm. Uh, it was strong enough to be a season opener, strong yep. enough to be a season closer. They put it out second. <laughs> Fair enough. Wow, well, there you go. There we are. That's... That's series four done. What are, your, what are your thoughts looking back on it all?
1: I think it's, as you said, it's it's probably settled down a bit more compared to watching season three. Season three felt like it went on for a very long time, even though well, I enjoyed all of it.
0: it. It really did. Yeah. There was a lot of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. But this feels like it's just kind of flown by, really. It does, doesn't
0: it? And that's only going to sort of increase from here on in, I yes. suppose. Yes. yeah. You know, so, by the time we get to McCoy we can probably do his entire era <laughs> in an afternoon.
1: Oh well, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just leaves me wanting more and I'm just really looking forward to season five. The monster season.
0: So where we are now, does it are you are you fully invested in the, the new doctor, Patrick Trouton? Are you is Yeah he, Is he,
1: I mean, he demand? To be fair. I mean I, I really do love Troughton and I've always had that kind of affection for his character. When we were kids, we had the Five Faces of Doctor Who, and we had the Target novel, so he was kind of, although he wasn't a doctor that we got to see an awful lot, because we'd had those little tantalising glimpses, It just he was just spellbinding. There's just something about him that you just want to watch him. That said, I think I ended up really loving Hartnell a lot more than I thought I was going to so watching all of his stuff from start to finish yeah, it was quite sad to see him go but I think it's reinvigorated again and we've got a a new different Doctor and I think in some ways it's slightly more interesting because he can go in different directions with it That said, storytelling-wise, I think it's going to settle down into much more of a formula, definitely, going forward from here.
0: Do you think Season 5 in particular is going to feel quite formulaic?
1: Well, let's not jump the gun, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's hope the stories do enough to differentiate between them.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm really looking forward to it. Marvellous, so am I. Well, that was great. But uh, it's time now for some lovely recommendations. Oh, lovely. So, Ian, what would you like to recommend for our listeners?
0: Well, so I've got um, what we in book selling used to call a two-for-one for you. Oh. So... Um, and that's the wrong app. I've opened Instagram. That's no good. <laughs> I'm looking for Overcast. There we go. Okay. So I listened to a new podcast, mm-hmm. um, The Cardboard Cinema Club, presented by Adam Leslie. Who oh, of yes, I've a heard guest, of him. He's very good. A guest on our show. Yes. Um, and he's just got one of the most uh, relaxing and soothing um, voices, couple of a great knees. erudite uh, he should be on the radio. With, uh, I Yeah, he really should be. Maybe mm. he is, I don't know. I, I yeah, don't maybe. need that. Um, so I listened to uh, the review he did with Auds Violet of a film from 1974 mm. uh, called Celine and Julie Go Boating, oh. uh, which was directed by Jacques Rivette. I'm just going to... It's
1: not one that. I'm familiar yes. with, I have to be honest. So
0: I was so intrigued by their review. That I went out and and ordered the Blu ray of the film. Oh. And watched the film yesterday, and it's about three and a quarter hours of. um,
1: Jeebus. hmm,
0: um, Kind of French New Wave meets magical realism with. I was going to
1: say Magic Roundabout for a minute.
0: Oh, if only. (laughs) Um, No, but there was was a ghost story in there, there was um, kind of weird uh, identity blurring kind of stuff going on mm-hmm. but but irrespective of what happens in the film, the way the film is lit and shot and performed, it's just the most charming and beguiling film I've seen in maybe a year um, so I really love that film, mm. Cecile and Julie Go Boating uh-huh. and I really uh, doff my cap, I doff it I doff, I doff, doff my cap <laughs> to the cardboard cinema club Podcast, which everyone should go and listen to immediately.
1: Are they still there, or have they gone now to listen to the other the podcast? Are you still there. Hello, anyone? Anyone? Hello,
0: it's Mark's turn. Come back and listen to. Mark's. They've gone. Oh, f- I'm sorry, mate. Thanks. Did you have a Thanks. good choice anyway? Oh, I thought I had a pretty decent one. Yeah. What were you gonna do? What were you gonna recommend?
1: In my misspent youth I did like books quite a lot but my attention span is next to zero so I can't I literally can't sit down and read a book now it's just too much I'm too old I'm too tired can't be done Uh, but what I can enjoy is an audiobook or a radio play and I think the daddy of all radio plays which i'm going to recommend and we've got the box set here <clears throat> is i don't know if you've heard of this this is quite a niche one it's called the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy by someone called douglas adams
0: now i'm drawing a blank there mate you might mm. need to elaborate on
1: that. yeah so uh he's done something quite neat it's a science fiction story but it's incredibly funny And it covers all sorts of weird and wonderful things. It kind of goes into philosophy, and it's just really, really funny.
0: I'm sort of getting a vague... I I think it's something I might have read when I was younger. I'm not sure. Is it the one that begins... um, Far out in the unfashionable edges of the western spiral arm of the galaxy lies a small, unregarded yellow sun orbiting this at a, r- a distance of roughly 98.2 million miles lies a small, unregarded blue-green planet whose ape-descended life forms are so remarkably primitive that they still think digital watches are a pretty neat idea. Yeah, that's the one. This planet has, or rather had a problem, which was this. <laughs> Many of the people on it were unhappy for pretty much of the time, even the ones with digital watches.
1: Yes, that's definitely the one. Yeah. By the way, listeners, I didn't uh, prime Ian that we were going to be talking about this, so he has just <laughs> remember that.
0: It's... I you're just mean, showing off now. I mean, for, for people of our age and fighting weight, it's kind of a holy grail in some ways, mm. isn't it? There was yeah. the books, the radio, which obviously you're primarily talking about, but mm-hmm. also the TV version. And in every medium, Adams would kind of tweak what he was doing and, yeah. and, and the structure would, would bend but never break. Mm. And it was, um, you know, because because Douglas Adams obviously used to work with Graham Chapman before he moved yes. into Doctor Who. So the humour has got a kind of Python mm-hmm. link. So yeah. it connected with so many people in the UK, I think because of that comedy. Yeah. Um, that even, even the kind of sci-fi... People who didn't really like sci-fi would go along with this yeah. because it was very funny and very que- clever. Clever, mm. there's a <laughs> word for you. Um, very clever, and so quotable. Yeah, you know. And before you even get to the characters, you've got the voice of the book narrating mm. this epic odyssey through yeah through the universe. Um, we went to
1: see they did a stage, um, a tour, of the original radio cast 10 years ago and we went to go and see that and it was fantastic they they were doing live foley and and they would have a guest book because obviously sadly the the actor that played the book originally is no longer with us uh and we had rory mcgrath for our book good lord but i do have uh i don't know if they're still available because they were releasing audio versions uh, digital versions as they were doing the tour and i've got one on my mp3 player which has got neil gaiman as the voice of the book which is rather fabulous
0: but rory mcgrath though <laughs> <laughs> what a coup that was i suppose he was still working 10 years ago well so. he probably was yeah
1: yeah
0: because yeah. i think when they when they made the film and they had stephen fry i always thought that mm. was a very root one yeah myth bit of casting I mean he's got a a a far too distinctive voice so you're kind of immediately taken out of it because you're thinking oh that's That's Stephen Stephen Fry maybe they should Um, have gone
1: with Roger Allen
0: that would have been wonderful that's a brilliant suggestion Mm. did that just come to you yes oh that would have been amazing I think I think uh, the quality of the material is such that pretty Mm. much anyone yeah I mean, Joe Pasquale would struggle. That yeah. would be un- unbearable. But, mm. um, and then, so so the, the, the radio show, the original one had, oh, God, I've gone blank. So you had Mark Wing-Davy as yeah. Seyford. You had Jeffrey, Jeffrey McGiven. McGiven. Yeah. Um, latterly of, he, he's turning up a lot in Jonathan Creek, yeah. which I'm rewatching watching at he's the moment. He's in Ghosts. So he gets around a bit he does yeah which is great uh, mm. simon jones as arthur dent yes and for my money the the probably the most um important inspiring and and uh, stunning performance was um stephen Moore as marvin yes yeah that was i mean oh, how remarkable was he
1: mm. yeah so if you've not experienced it, you should check it out. I mean, it's available everywhere now, but um, yeah, give it a listen or read it. My wife would argue that the, the book is the best version because of Douglas Adams' amazing way with words.
0: I wouldn't necessarily disagree. No. But no. Um, <clears throat> I think any of the audios uh, are equally brilliant. So that's a, that's a very strong recommend. Well done. Hmm. Well, well done," he said in a very patronising way. <laughs> well so. Christ, um, brilliant, right? So, any other
1: business? No, well, apart from you getting the next round in.
0: Is it my my turn? So, yeah. what, what did you want? Uh, was it a half of the uh, the the mild? Or I'll have a
1: I'll have a pint of uh, monks dong, please. A pint. Yeah.
0: Of monks. Okay, I'll get that. I'll get. Do you want some crisps and peanuts as well? Oh, where's my wallet's gone? I must have left it in my other coat.
1: Oh, how did you get the other round? Did you steal oh, it?
0: I, I put them on your tab. So.
1: Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. I'll oh well, and, well it's the, up to uh, me to get the round in then. All right. Well, we'll see you again next time when we start season five.
0: Ooh. That's going to be good. It's going to be
1: a a monster season.
0: Brilliant. That's my favourite REM album.
1: (laughs) If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at mailbagofrassilon at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at time and space pod, and you can also find us on Facebook. If you want to leave some audio feedback, there is a link in the show notes. You can use your phone or your computer. And leave up to 60 seconds of feedback. Or if you're listening via the Anchor website, you can click on the message button and leave your audio. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you to Momo Tempo for providing our theme music.